The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel. Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. Big shout out and the thank you to New Day, N-E-U-D-A-E, at New Day Music on Twitter. Appreciate the song Lion Kings, which has been our intro for what, like a year and a half now, James? We were talking to Eric Newman of New Day, and it sounds like we're going to have a new intro song next week. Yeah. So if you hear it, don't just shut it off and assume you downloaded the wrong podcast. Yeah, really excited for that. He uh, played us a sample of it. It's a uh, it's a really hot beat. We're excited banger. excited to get it on there. Yeah, I mean, Lion King's had a nice run, but it's time to freshen it up a little bit. Hitting the stretch run of the the prospect pod and the stretch run of our collabs countdown. We'll have our latest entries at the end of the show. But during the meat of the podcast here today, James, we're going to be looking at your latest. Dynasty rankings, which you're in the midst of overhauling right now. You sent me the top 66 players, and I like how you also included the preseason ranks so we could just easily see the differential here. So what's your target date to have these completely done? Uh, they, they should hit the site uh, probably Wednesday would be my guess. Maybe, maybe they hit the site late Tuesday. Uh, but, um, you know, these are kind of in pencil right now, so... When yeah. we when we're referencing like so and so has moved up to number ten or, or up to fifteen or something like that, uh, I may tweak some th- some things still, and uh, hopefully this talk on the podcast can kind of flush out some of those potential tweaks because I'm not even sure that I am a hundred percent in favor of where I have some of these guys. So excited to get your opinion on it as well. Well, I would. Temper expectations, but no, <laughs> uh, this should be fun. Uh, I keep thinking about, you know, if we were to do the RDI draft again today, where I'd take a guy like Vlad Jr. and you know, Albies. You know, I liked Albies a lot then. You know, looking back now, should have taken him probably with my second pick. You have him up all the way up at eight right now in your latest overhaul. 36 was his preseason rank, so he's been one of the bigger risers. He's running again. He's back on another hot streak, and it's really good to see because he was struggling for a while. Good to see Albies 
make that adjustment. You know, that's the first major adjustment he's had to make, and he's made it. I think the steals should come, and this, this kid's 21 years old, so we're looking at maybe a decade of, of Dynasty League dominance, really. I'm really excited that he, you know, he had that power uh, binge early in the season. I'm excited that his, like, approach didn't really kind of go in the tank, and he mm-hmm. didn't, like, start falling in love with the long ball. Like, you, you could have easily seen him hitting, like, 255 or something uh, this yeah. season just because he was kind of, you know, in between approaches and, and fell in love with the home run ball. But uh, the average is, is close to 280 again. Yeah, he's running, like you said. So, um, I mean, he could finish with like a 25-25 season. I think that's definitely in play. Yeah, absolutely. So jumping back to the top of this list, Mike Trout, number one, not a surprise. Betts now two. He was seventh coming into the season. I mean, is has anything really changed, or is it just that Betts is – kind of reestablished himself after but by by his standards was a little bit of a down year last year he's just been so good he's still just 25 uh running hitting for average i mean that that's probably the the separator for me i mean i i'd be interested to get your take on whether you think anyone else has a case to be number two because obviously i don't think anyone has a case to be number one other than mike trout but um you know of the guys that can kind of do what Betts does in terms of power and speed. I think his age and batting average uh, kind of floor year to year uh, kind of gives him the edge for me. But um, do you think anyone that I have below him has a case to be up there at number two? You know, as much as I love Ronald Acuna and Vlad, I just don't can't put either of those guys ahead of him. The speed, as you mentioned, and it's just such a, awesome package top to bottom and the average as you mentioned up to 338 this season yeah i i think you're dead on that he should be the number two guy although i I do think acuna is maybe a guy in lindor i mean lindor has been awesome i think those are two guys that i i may consider in that range i i think for me i'd have acuna maybe four here you have jose ramirez four after lindor bets and trout well so with acuna i I think that what his upside is, is kind of what some of these guys are already doing. Yeah. So you, you just don't have, I mean, he is, I think he's doing kind of what we expected in his rookie season, just on a per plate appearance basis. But I mean, the strikeout rate's 30%. So it's not like he's just this, uh, ridiculously safe prospect. Mm-hmm. He's a prospect with, a really intense ceiling, but, um, you know, the swing and miss is there. I mean, a guy like Francisco Lindor, I mean, I, I don't even know how you could pick apart anything in his game right now. He's, he's just 24 years old. Um, what Jose Ramirez is doing is just insane. Uh, could finish with like a 40, 30 year or something like that. It's wild, man. I mean, uh, and he's still just 25. Uh, it's hard to, for me to believe he looks about 35. Yeah, and he's not, he doesn't have like a sort of explosive, like athleticism, like yeah. quick twitch type. Like it, it's, it's a little chubby. Yeah, it's it's honest. just insane that he's able to do what he does uh, in the power and speed departments uh, with his physique. And I, I don't know what to do with him. Like, wh- where would you have Jose Ramirez? Because I have him, I have lindor at three right now ramirez at four trey turner at five then acuna and vlad jr yeah man really tough i wasn't a big believer in in ramirez going into last season i don't know how anybody could really doubt him going into this year but um i think he's deserving to be close to here i think i'd maybe go trout bets lindor acuna ramirez but as you mentioned i mean these guys are already doing what we dream on with acuna just a little bit of a large, larger window for Acuna to contribute. Although, yeah, his average may not be the lock that I, I kind of think it is. Yeah, that's that's kind of the, the theme for me with the guys that I've got in my current top four are that they are guys that I think routinely you can expect about a 300 average or better. Mm-hmm. And they're guys that are beginning their prime. You know, like I think Mookie Betts, Lindor, Jose Ramirez – you know, you would expect the next four to five years to all be prime years for those guys. And it's just that that batting average reliability and safety year to year is just so valuable. Uh, I mean, obviously the counting stats are great and that's kind of what, 
will steal headlines, you know, people talking about Jose Ramirez's power and speed, but like the batting average to me is just so valuable in a dynasty league. Usually you're playing in leagues where it's like 15, 20 teams deep. Having a guy that you can just bank on for a 300 average year in, year out, is just so valuable. Yeah, it really is. So hard to make that up, especially this time of the year. But uh, the next guy on the list, though, is interesting kind of in that same discussion because his batting average has fallen off gradually since that 2016 year. Trey Turner, 342 in 2016, then down to 284 uh, in 2017, 275. Do you think that bounces back, or are you just content with the, you know, close to 50 stolen bases will probably give you in double-digit homers? I think he's like a true talent. 280 285 hitter so uh that's that's kind of what i expect from him going forward uh the speed is just the big thing with him um probably the only guy that i think you could i don't know if i'm forgetting anyone but like who do you pencil in as like a 40 steal a year guy every year from for like the next four years like other than him yeah i mean billy i don't think so um 40 steals man steals are down continue to trend downward I can't really think of anybody. Forty steals, yeah, that's that's a pretty high threshold in today's game. Yeah, and he'll he'll give D you that. Gordon probably. I mean, but yeah, so with D Gordon, I think you could probably bank on forty steals. You know, this year maybe forty steals next year. At some point, I don't think he's going to be a lock though for that. Yeah, and I past thirty, wrong side of thirty. Yeah, and I think Turner is a guy where you know, unless he gets hurt, I think you can kind of expect that from him. And like you said, double digit home runs, another separator for him. Um, still just 25 home or 25 years old. I think there's a chance that maybe he even becomes like a 20 plus Homer guy per year. Um, so, uh, love him, love, love the upside, uh, that batting average gap though is enough for me to have him behind the, behind bets and the, and the two Indians. Yeah, very interesting. I didn't really get a chance to talk about it even on like the XM show on Tuesday, but just made a deal to acquire D Gordon, by the way, because I needed that speed. You know, I, I can make up like five category points with like a handful of stolen bases. So traded away Justin Verlander in AL Labor, AL only league, of course. Uh, but it just made sense, you know, given where I'm at, if banked a half season of just stellar ratios from Verlander. And I think this is the move. I just didn't feel like I had enough at-bats, for one, to realistically finish first if I didn't make a trade. So hopefully D. Gordon at least keeps it up for the rest of this year and next year, but we'll see. Uh, Carlos Correa, he's down from number two to number nine on this list on the DL right now and still not participating in baseball activities. It's kind of frustrating. Um, I think come back second half, hopefully have a a strong season, but – why have you maybe soured a little bit on Correa long term? Uh, I see. I'm worried that I'm overreacting a little bit on this rank. And it's still a very high rank. I'm worried I'm over. So the the two guys that I, I really, uh, I'm just. It feels like they're too low on this update. Carlos, Carlos Correa at nine and Bryce Harper at eleven. I mean, are, am I overreacting to to move those guys down just because of? You know, when I look at Carlos Correa, I just what what's his like true talent average, and what's Bryce yeah. Harper's true talent average? Like, I think uh, with Harper, I think it's it's well over two fifty, two sixty. Like, I, I think that you know what he's doing right now is just not what it, what he's going to be going forward. Uh-huh. Uh, but is it is he like a two seventy hitter? Is he a two seventy five hitter? Is is Carlos Correa like is he a two seventy five, two eighty hitter? Like, what what's his what are you realistically expecting from him in that category? Because, you know, guys like Ozzy Albies, Trey Turner, uh, if they're 280 hitters, you're probably getting more impactful counting stats uh, yeah. from those guys than you would Correa be. Correa doesn't run, too. Um, you know, maybe now maybe Correa has the, the bigger edge uh, than those guys in terms of if you factor in home runs or uh, RBI and runs, um, just given where he hits in that lineup and everything. But, I mean, Ozzie Albies is going to cruise to 100 runs this year. Uh, Trey Turner's a guy that, that's going to score some runs. Um, I just I didn't know where – how far could you drop guys like Correa and Harper, and do you think I overreacted a little bit? I would say no to either of these. I think with both Correa and Harper, it's kind of a situation where, you know, they're falling, but not so much due to what 
to their own struggles this season in a half a season, but because of the play of the guys that you bumped up ahead of them, you know? Yeah. Lindor, Ramirez. I mean, there's just no argument, I think, and it gets to this point because Correa, I do, I still really do believe in the hit tool. I think he's probably like a true talent, like 290 hitter. Okay. Realistically. I mean, he's really good. Hit like, what, 316 or so last year. I think he's... Really safe when healthy, even with his struggles this year. He's still batting like 275 or whatever. Um, I just think that these other guys have vaulted up, and so you're, you're definitely not wrong in bumping them down to these levels. I think what worries me, yeah, like if if Bryce Harper and Carlos Correa had just kind of done exactly what I expected them to do mm-hmm. this season to this point, uh, they might both still be in the top five. Um, I mean, I, I expected Bryce Harper to hit around 300 this year and uh, get up over 40 home runs. Uh, I think he'll probably get there in the power department, but the batting average, the the shift has been an issue for him. Um, yeah, just ask Scott Boris. <laughs> right. And, you know, with Carlos Correa, I, I kind of coming into the year, the reason I had him ranked number two is I sort of felt like he was a, a true talent, like 305, 310 hitter. And I thought he was going to be kind of a 35-plus homer guy. Um, got you know got hitched. You know, yeah. just some stability in the life. I thought he was going to take off. Yeah, and so maybe I'm. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he hit. If he comes off the DL, hits like 315 the rest of the way, and makes this look a little foolish. I mean, I have Ozzy Albie's one spot ahead of Carlos Correa is. Like, are you okay with that? Am I going out on too much of a limb with, with Albies there? You know, I have a soft spot for Albies. I don't think so, man. I, I think most people would probably say, yeah, you're overreacting a little bit. But honestly, what Albies does from both sides of the plate, the bat speed on that guy is wild. Steals bags. I just don't see any way where In, five category production just isn't there. The thing with Albies is, yeah, he's going to, this year, he's not going to hit 300. Um, but I think he's gonna, I think when he, like he's 21, when he's 23, 24, 25, I think he's going to be a 300 hitter. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the powers, obviously, I don't think it's not going to, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Um, and the speed, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. So I think that you're talking about a guy that, uh, in his like age 23 season, like we could be talking about a guy that hits 300 with 25 homers and 30 steals. I mean, yeah. that that's his pretty age 23 season would be. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing is like, I know like Carlos Correa is going to get, going to play better than he's played this season. Bryce Harper is going to play better than he's played this season, but so are, so is Albies. I think yeah. I, this isn't like a career year for Albies. He's 21. So, um, and not, not every prospect gets incrementally better. Um, like every season up until like their age 26, 27 season. But, I, I just don't think it's controversial to say that Ozzy Albee's best baseball is ahead of him. Yeah, I'm with you there. And he, this is anecdotal and kind of just like a hacky sports guy take. But, I mean, Albee's is just a gamer, man. Like, he's just got that edge to him where he just goes out every day and just gets the job done. And I, it's getting to see him, like, turn around 100 from Syndergaard earlier this year. He's just got big boy bat speed, and I, I really think this is an, an accurate, fair ranking for Albee's. Uh, Machado, 10. He hasn't budged since the preseason update. Then Harper. Then Juan Soto, right behind Harper, jumping from 118 to 112. Uh, obviously, nobody could have seen just how accelerated that timetable for him to arrive would have been, but uh, I don't think anybody either would have expected the plate skills to hold so steady, the power to be there, success against lefties as well. So uh, this is another one where I think some people may say you're, you're – Maybe overacting a bit, but I already see him as a, you know, one of the top young players in the game, and really already one of the best players in baseball. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Harper versus Soto is such a fun debate because they're they're both on the, the same team and they're kind of uh, at different points. You know, like Harper's in a in a really dark place in terms of where his batting average is, uh, and Juan Soto's just on top of the world right now. Yeah, so the honeymoon. Exactly. So I I think, you know, there might be some people that are even more aggressive on Soto than I am here. Like I I could see people wanting him over Harper or wanting him, you know, over maybe a guy like Ozzy Albies um, or even one of those two prospects, Ronald Acuna, Vlad Jr. But um, 
I just kind of want to see how the league adjusts to him a little bit. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to go in, into the tank or anything, but um, like, what is he? Is he a, is he a 310 hitter? Is he a 300 hitter? Is he a 290 hitter? Um, I kind of want to see how big league pitchers adjust to him. Yeah. We talked about this on last week's Saturday XM show, and it's a toss-up pretty much long-term between those two, Harper and Soto, and really the rest of this season I think it's kind of close to a toss-up. I know you still like Harper more the rest of this season. Uh, Bregman, number 13, he's up from number 24. He's been on an awesome, awesome run. Glaber Torres, 66, all the way up to 14. He uh, on the DL right now. That's unfortunate for him, but interrupting, you know, it's been an awesome rookie season. But how much really are you buying into the power from Torres and and his you know, projections at the power department in future years? Do you think you can easily pencil him in for like 25 next couple of years? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think 25 is probably what I would say his his floor is yeah. when he's healthy. I think he's going to be kind of in that 25 to 35 range and i think you can probably pencil in like a at least a a 280 average for him so i mean he's a he's a 21 year old uh love that lineup love that park i mean it's a really nice situation for him i I wouldn't if somebody wanted to even have torres up with soto or up with the you know carlos correa manny machado those types of guys i guess i wouldn't really argue too much um but I think 14's a fair fair place to put him. Yeah, I'm with you there. Altuve, then number 15. Andrew Benintendi, 16. Chris Bryant, he's fallen a little ways, 11 spots from his uh, preseason rank. He's down to 17. He's been frustrating. Obviously, he's been hurt. But the, the thing about Bryant that sucks from a fantasy perspective is that he's you know, kind of bouncing around the order, and the RBIs just aren't there for a guy that you know should should be, I think, one of the top producers in the game in that category. Yeah, I think he's a I, he's a guy I would be maybe sniffing around on uh, to try to acquire in a dynasty league right now uh, because I I really believe in the skills uh, as hit of of him being like a two eighty two eighty five hitter with uh, forty homer power when he's healthy. Um, and there's guys I probably have ranked behind him that you could trade and and get him uh, for in a, in a dynasty league right now. Yeah, like Eloy or somebody like that. I could totally see being able to get him for, for Eloy Jimenez or even like Tatis. But a real quick note, fantasy baseball fans, the season is here, and with baseball season comes FanDuel, offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind, something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time, play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes. Let's take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription to help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash RW void where prohibited. The Rotowire Baseball Championship ended, so it was kind of a, a void in my, my Wednesday yesterday. But thankfully, we had... We have a few things to, you know, drown our sorrows and, and make up for it. <laughs> um, getting back to your Dynasty League rankings, though, uh, Freddie Freeman, 18. He's fallen a little bit, which I think is a little surprising, just given... It's it's a thing where guys are just passing. Yeah, that's him, true. You know? I mean, it's only four spots. So it's Freddie Freeman's great. He's just kind of generally undervalued, but um, I'm with you that... You know, especially because first base has really fallen off. So Freddie Freeman... Very valuable, but maybe he doesn't have the as exciting it's, a profile as some of those other guys. I mean, he, he's he's a guy that I I think is a, a a lock to hit around 300 when he's healthy. Um, so that's that's super valuable. It's just he's 28, and you know, Glaber Torres is 21. Juan Soto is 19. You know, he's going to get passed by those yep. guys when they have this type of start to their big league careers. But he hasn't done anything to hurt to hurt himself at all. He's he's done exactly kind of what we expected. Uh, love the lineup, love the park. Um, it's just that he's 28. Some of these guys are six or seven years younger. Yeah, and man, it seems like baseball players are aging less gracefully in recent years. 
McDonald's. Good God. I like to think, though, when I'm doing these, like I try to think about how guys are going to age. Yeah. And I think Freddie Freeman's going to age well. I think he's going to carry that, you know, that, that I, um, those context skills. I think he's going to be someone that ages pretty well. Whereas guys, you know, Donaldson, I don't think it's all that surprising to see him age the way he has. Yeah. Uh, at least to me, it's not um, like a guy like Anthony Rizzo. I don't think is going to age all that well, um, mm-hmm. like compared to Freddie Freeman. Um, and so that, a similar thing between those two guys seems like they're always getting hit by pitches. Yeah. I mean, that could impact a guy's status. I mean, we've already seen Freeman miss extended periods and got hit the other day, yesterday. Good thing oh, that was not not serious. But, yeah, I think, I think that's a good good call that a guy like Rizzo may not may not age too well. Uh, Aaron Judge, just Nolan Arenado next. And the first pitcher on the list, Luis Severino, bumped him up from 50 to 21. Why do you like him more than any other arm in baseball? Uh. Just his age and the lack of mileage on his arm. I mean, I think that he's a legit ace. I think he's going to be taken in the first 20, 25 picks of redraft leagues for the foreseeable future. And, you know, the the tiebreaker, if you compare his numbers and compare his dominance to guys like Chris Sale, guys like Max Scherzer, um, Garrett Cole, I I just, you got to give him the edge because of the, because of the age and the lack of uh, innings on his arm. I mean, he's only 24. He might be able to pitch like this for the next, like, six years, whereas, I mean, who knows how much longer guys like Chris Sale, Max Scherzer are still going to be going. Yeah, no, that's a good point. J.D. Martinez in 22nd, Giancarlo Stanton 23. Javier Baez is a pretty big riser at 24. I remember in RDI having the choice between Baez and Hap, Ian Hap, <laughs> and I took Hap. <laughs> Look, this is why I'm not ranking dynasty. You're you're players. you've got a great team though. Oh, thanks. I mean, hanging in there. We'll see, but I think, you know, my my issue with Baez at the time was just the handle in the strike zone. I thought Hap had a little bit better handle in the zone and well, Baez still has some issues. He's never going to probably be a big on base guy. Um, the speed, power really makes up for it to a large extent. What do you think, you know, maybe in the dog days over the next few years for Baez, do you see that average dipping down pretty low? I, I think with him, uh, I mean, the approach is still pretty poor. Like, it, yeah. it's it's not like he's started to walk more and strike out significantly less. He's just got such a quick bat, and he does so much damage when he does connect that he's able to keep that average uh, higher than you might expect. Um, but I think that there's risk with him that – you know, any given year he could hit like two fifty five, mm-hmm. whereas the guys ahead of him on the list, I don't think have quite that low of a, a floor. You know, um, the fact that he never walks, and you know, I mean, it, his speed—I don't—I don't know what to expect there year to year either. I just think he's a bit more volatile of an asset, but he's a guy that might go thirty thirty this year, so he had to be up pretty high because he's still 25. Yeah, and even with his issues with the strike zone, I mean, he's never hit below 273 in any of the past four years, any of his full seasons. So, yeah, he's just a guy who, with that bat speed, can get it done even with the approach that's not all that great. And the speed, you know, mentioned that 15 out of 16. Career high coming in was 12, so that's... It's pretty wild, but I'm with you that I don't think you can bet on that year after year. He's just got such a good, um, like baseball IQ, you know, like he, he just knows when to run. And when mm-hmm. he, when he picks his spots, it's usually a good spot to run for him. Absolutely. Uh, no more Mazzara, 25, Corey Seager, 26, Eloy Jimenez, 27, Chris Sale, 28, Christian Yelich, 29, and Xander Bogart's 30. I think um, Bogarts versus Seager at the shortstop position long-term is pretty interesting. Why do you still like Seager a little more? Uh, I think that the his ability to hit for a really, really high average and hit for uh, big-time power I think is more achievable in the same season. Like I think, I think Bogarts is capable of hitting like 320, 325. I just don't think he'll do it while hitting like 30 homers. Whereas I think Seager could hit 300, 310 
with 30 homers in his in his prime seasons. I think yeah. that there's a lot of power there that maybe people don't realize is there. Like he he's got big time power, a really really good hitter. Um, I, I think that he's got a, a higher ceiling than Bogarts on a year to year basis. Yeah, I think there's more power in that bat than he's shown. And a guy like Glaber Torres bouncing back like he did from from surgery. Did Seager have Tommy John, right? I thought it was. Uh, I think so. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, just bouncing back in a, in that fashion, I think, just makes me feel a little bit better about Seager doing the same. Not that I was all that concerned long-term about his injury, but I just think it's it eases some concerns just having a track record of guys bouncing back. To the, to the level that they were expected to. Um, Anthony Rendon, 31. Syndergaard, 32. He hasn't really moved. I think Otani is really interesting because he's actually risen despite the UCL issues. What is your thinking behind this ranking for Otani? Um, he's just been so good when he's been out there. Like that, uh, you know, I, I, I thought he was going to be good, but it's just nice to have that proof that, like, when he's healthy, we know that he's an ace on the mound and a really good hitter. Uh, I mean, his his numbers as a hitter are so much better than I expected yeah, them to same. be. I can't I, wait to plug him into my stake league lineup. I, th- I thought he was going to be a guy that maybe slashed like 250, 350, 450, something like that. And he's just been better than that. I mean, he's hitting the ball to all fields, hits the ball really, really hard. Uh, when he makes contact um and the the elbow issue is it's something but for like dynasty leagues it's like sure you know that there's a year you you might miss a year to to Tommy John surgery at some point you're you're aware of that you just know now i think that he'll be better um like when he comes back out the other side you're still getting an ace and he's still really young and really really good absolutely Garrett Colden one spot behind Otani and there's some some other arms bunched up here. I mean, Cole and uh, Fernando Tatis, but then Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, uh, Reese Hoskins, but then Jose Barrios. Then we get to Degrom, Scherzer. Did you have some fluctuation with these arms, or did you kind of have a good idea of how these guys would be ranked um, among themselves? Uh, I think you could go any order on Nola, Snell, Barrios. Uh, I don't know. What would your order be on those three guys? I think, yeah, I think that'd be the order I have them, even though Snell is up there, man. I like Nola, but I, I almost think Snell, push comes a shove. If I were doing a dynasty draft today, I might take Snell. I think that that's totally fair. Yeah. Uh, part of, I think the tiebreaker for me was just NL versus AL. Yeah, that's um, a good point. For Nola, I think he's going to probably have a better chance to win more games um, over the next five, six years. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean, that's not necessarily true. I mean, the, the Rays yes. might have the best farm system in baseball. Um, really? And I just, I don't know. I think of them as like kind of just a weirder organization. Um, it's sort of tough to bank on the Rays being this juggernaut team, whereas I think the Phillies, uh, just given their uh, payroll flexibility, are, are probably a better bet to be a 90-win a team over the next four or five seasons. Um but I think Snell probably has more strikeout upside. Uh, mm-hmm. Nola, to me, it, he's one of those guys where I would I wouldn't be surprised if he put up like a two two ERA one year. You know, he's that type of pitcher. Whereas Snell is a bit more electric, I think, with uh, the strikeouts. Um, would you have that trio of young guys? Uh, Nola's twenty five, Snell's twenty five. Um, Barrios is 24. Would you have all three of them ahead of guys like DeGrom, Scherzer, Kluber, the way I do, um, based on age? Or do you, would you prefer uh, the guys that are a bit more of a sure thing and right in the middle of their primes? Oh, man, that's tough. I think, you know, I think I may take DeGrom over, like, Barrios. Okay. But I don't know if I'd take him over Nola or Snell. I like Barrios, but something about him, you know, he's kind of been inconsistent a little bit from start to start this season. He had that one stretch that was really bad. And the guy, he's, he's a little bit slight. I just worry about him holding up and being performing at this level over several years. And, yeah, I mean, DeGrom is getting up there now, but he broke in really late. So I mm-hmm. still think he has several good years left. Scherzer, 
I'm pretty skeptical about. I mean, obviously not in the immediate future, but next couple of years, I think we could see him come back to earth quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, the, I might, and like I said, this isn't a final ranking. I kind of like your call of Degrom over over Barrios, just talking it out. Uh, I mean, all of those guys are are kind of slight, like Nola, Snell, Barrios. True, yeah. None of them have that like kind of classic workhorse build. That's true. Uh, which is, you know, it's not ideal, but I still think that it's it's clear. Like Severino's got that like horse build. You know, like oh, yeah. you, you can picture him going like two twenty, two thirty. Uh, with ease during his prime years i don't know if i feel great about saying that i i think nola snell and barrios are all going to be like guys that just consistently go 225 innings in their prime years that's a good call and i'm totally with you on having kluber being the last of that bunch especially after the you know failed to make it out of the second recently dominance hasn't been there as much so far this season so uh, obviously like him a lot and for the rest of this year but um yeah, I think I'd, if I'm like on a team that's kind of middle of the pack in a dynasty league, I think I'm trying to sell Scherzer and Kluber like immediately. I'm trying to cash out. Because- yeah, well, yeah. If you're um, in it, and with these guys, it's 100. percent um, You know, if if you're contending, like if you if you're first place in your dynasty league, you would want Scherzer probably mm-hmm. over over uh, like Barrios for sure. I think you'd rather have Scherzer just because your your window to win titles is right now. Um, but if you're, yeah, if you're like in twelfth place in like a twenty team league and your guys are kind of getting up there in age, uh, having having a guy like Scherzer is is really pretty useless, and you probably should have traded him a while ago. Yeah, just like holding on to him, thinking, well, next year I'll be competitive, and you may, but you may also miss your window to to really cash out at a high point on on Scherzer. One of these rankings that I really think is interesting, have to talk to you about him. We're skipping down the list a little ways, but Byron Buxton, still a top 50 guy for Dynasty League purposes for, for you, down from number 17, which so it is a pretty substantial drop, but why are you still optimistic long-term about Buxton? Uh, you know, I mean, I think that this was a, a fair drop. I dropped him 33 spots down to 50th overall, uh, but it was it was a deserved drop. Um, he did not, he obviously did not pick up this season where he left off last season and kind of picked up this season where he started last season, which is not in a good place at all. Um, really struggling at triple a right now as well. But I still think that there's, I, I still think there's a chance we get superstar Byron Buxton at some point in the next three to four years. I'm not sure when that's going to be, I just think that there's going to be a time where we look up, whether it's 2019, 2020, 2021, and Byron Buxton's a top 10 to 20 fantasy hitter. Uh, I just think that the the tools are too good. His work ethic's too good for him to not eventually get to where he needs to be. He's just obviously not there right now. Yeah, the Twins activating him and then optioning him, of course. And, yeah, just hasn't... Hasn't been smooth sailing, but with a guy like that who plays such elite defense, like that will continue to afford him opportunities, even if it takes him a while yet to really come around with the bat. He'll, you know, he may just be a guy who's just a late bloomer, but so many people are ready to abandon ship. Um, I know an RDI probably not going to be able to pry him, but I think he's a guy that you know, if you're in a dynasty, you, you absolutely try to acquire it, right now. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, if you were, even though I have. Um, Scherzer ranked ahead of him. Like if that's one where the the rankings are kind of malleable. Like you, if you were in a rebuild mode, you could probably get better than just Buxton for Scherzer. But two Buxtons for sure. Yeah, but he, even if you couldn't, like that's still something you have to think about because Buxton or Buxton's just a great guy to have if you're in a rebuild. Um, if you're contending, then it's it's not going to be all that pretty. And I've told people, like, like I think some guy wanted to know um, if he should trade Brandon Nimmo for Byron Buxton. And I said, yes, but you have to just know that that trade's not going to look good for probably at least a full year. Yeah, absolutely. Verlander, one spot behind Buxton. Then my guy Gino, 
Eugenio Suarez, 52, up from 126. So he's one of the big risers. He missed the couple, a little over two weeks with that thumb injury. And given that, it's pretty remarkable just where his counting numbers are right now. Uh, signed to that extension long term. Did that have anything to do with uh, him bumming up, just having that security and knowing that he'll be in Cincinnati for, for many years to come? Uh, I mean, it, it definitely didn't hurt, obviously. Um, but I'm just, I'm kind of more coming around on the the skill set being really legit. I don't know if he's. She th- knows the man. I don't know if he's a well. Okay, you, I mean, you've watched him a lot more than I have. What what's like a, a true talent batting average for him year to year for you over these next? I mean, because he's twenty six, so theoretically, this is like his first prime season. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a good batting average for people to bank on from him over these next three to four years? And then what, what kind of, uh, what's an average outcome for you on the the home run side? It's a good question because in his case, he's been a guy who's just steadily gotten better. You know, it hasn't been just one, it's not that he's just suddenly put it all together together this year. It's been a slow build for him earlier in his career. He was really prone to wild swings and performance, but really gradually coming into his own as a ball player seems really comfortable and comfortable in his skin now, you know, seems to have, have a really good time. I think batting average wise, we may continue to see some swings, but I think you know, 285 mm-hmm. reasonable with 30 homers. I mean, he kills lefties that park in Cincinnati is great for right-handed power hitters with that short portion left. I think Suarez is a really good bet over the next three to five years. I think he's a good guy to, to maybe buy high on yeah. like, you know, I, I, if, if we just kind of talk it out, and say, well, what do you expect like from Suarez like over these next few seasons? It actually doesn't sound all that different from what I think a lot of people would expect from a guy like Chris Bryant. And I mean, I I prefer Chris Bryant by quite a bit. I just, I love his um, just athleticism. I think he's going to age really well. Uh, I think that the the power ceiling is quite a bit higher with him even with Suarez playing in Great America but I mean they really might might actually not be all that far off uh in terms of possible outcomes uh so he's a if if his owner does not fully buy into this then maybe it's an opportunity to to buy high and I also wonder if now's a time where you could buy high on a guy like Nick Castellanos who I have uh, yeah. up to 48 cuz I I think that he's pretty legit I I don't know where his numbers are going to be at the end of the season, but um, just a really stable batting average and power guy who is always going to be hitting right in the middle of that lineup uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. The power was down early, but it's come on of late and the, the average is super good. So I'm with you that Castellanos is, you know, I wasn't really a big fan in past years, but hard to, hard to dispute what he's done. A couple spots below Suarez is his teammate Joey Votto. He, he's a guy that I do think, given his skill set, will age okay, but we've already seen the power start to dip. Yeah, and he's 34. Um, I'm, I'm a believer in him Like over these next, say, three seasons, being like this high-end uh, producer, especially in batting average. But, uh, I mean, I, this is about as high as I can rank uh, a first baseman that's that age by the way did you have any kind of guidelines in mind or requirements in in these rankings as far as like number of catchers because i see gary sanchez still at 58 i love gary sanchez but you know below the mendoza line this year was this kind of i set for two catchers i rank them uh based on like rdi okay. uh, setup so, so like catcher. a 20 catcher league you know okay 20 like, catcher that makes sense obviously the power is great where do you see his true talent batting average being I, you know, I think that it's, I think it's like 255 to 265. Um, maybe he's just a, a big victim of the shift. I could see that being an, an issue for him. But uh, the power, you know, a guy that's going to catch and play a ton uh, in that lineup, in that ballpark that has 40 homer upside, I, I think you got to still really love that player. But I do think, you know, I don't think it would be crazy if you said Wilson Contreras is the best catcher for Dynasty at this point. Um, he's just seems like a safer uh, player 
uh, in terms of the batting average. Doesn't have quite the ceiling that I think Sanchez has, but I, I think it's it's a lot closer than it was for me before the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so number fifty nine on the list. This is a a pretty sharp fall, but like a lot of these, I say pretty fair. Clayton Kershaw. More time on the DL. Performance hasn't really been there. Fastball velocity, especially early on, was not there. How worried are you about Kershaw, not just moving forward like in your future seasons, but the rest of this year? It's just the, the back is really scary yeah. to me. I think that that's an issue that typically do, it, it's not like he's ever going to have that completely fixed. Uh, you know, I think he, it's something that he's going to deal with probably the rest of his career, and it's just a matter of how many innings can you get from him year to year? Like I, I think the years of him being a 200 inning guy are over. I think that um, I actually, I, I don't even think we'll see another 200 inning season from him. Um, so especially given the way that team manages the DL and their starters, I think you could still get ACE level production from him uh, per start. Like I think he's still like a per start top 10 pitcher for me um, pretty easily, but I don't think he's, in that conversation as like a top three guy on a per start basis anymore. And then when you factor in that you really don't know if you're going to be getting like a hundred innings or 180 innings year to year because of the back issue. Uh, that's, that's why he's down here. Nice. Well, really interesting stuff. Looking forward to seeing the full list when you have that done. Anybody that we didn't touch on though, that you wanted to maybe mention. Um, I, you know, I think, Another really fascinating guy that I get asked about a lot is Jan Mankata, who's at 49, right in front of Byron Buxton, who's at 50. Um, Mankata is just such a unique case where he strikes out a ton. The power's obvious. The the speed's obvious. Um, I just I don't know where it's going to end up. You know mm. what's the player Jan Mankata is when he's 26, 27 nothing would surprise me. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a top five guy, then I wouldn't be surprised if he was outside of the top, like 75. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of outcomes for him going forward. So that's a, that's going to be an interesting one to, to track. Yeah. I haven't gotten to see a lot of him, but the white Sox were just in Cincinnati and he, he is kind of like a guy like Baez almost where it's like the play discipline isn't good. Some holes in that swing, but I think he's a guy you know, with a little bit more maturity could make up for it uh, just with given how hard he hits the ball. Exciting player for fantasy for sure. I also think Victor Robles's ranking here is pretty interesting. Still a top 50 guy for you, uh, 47. But, James, it is time to move on to the, the collabs countdown portion of the show. And I have another boring one. It seems like I've had just a run of boring entries into my list. <laughs> but, you know. If they if these songs weren't good, they wouldn't have been played out so much. So I got still DRE up next on my countdown, Dr. Dre featuring Snoop. This was on the 4th of July playlist yesterday. Uh, tried to play it cool, not give it away. I think this is just <laughs> one that had to had to make the list. Um, really one of the all-time great hip-hop songs, uh, in my opinion. That's a, that's a great call. Um that's not too boring. I mean, that's it's a not too boring, but it's um. I just had a run of songs that have been played to death. Yeah, I mean that that's about as good of a like cookout summer song as there is. Yeah. Uh, really, that whole album to me just belongs in the summer. Like it's just a, a classic summer album. Um, mm. But that's a, that's a great call. Um, is that going to be still to come on yours, or did I not make it? Uh, I'll, no, I'm not going to give it away. I'm not right. going to give it away. Um, okay. we're, we're at number seven, so only, uh, six more after this, uh, not going to give it away. Um, I think I have an idea. So mine is one that I really struggled with on whether to even include at all, uh, because it's so dominated by one rapper and the other rapper is on it, but like has maybe a total of like 15 bars. So, uh, borderline on whether it, it qualifies as a true collab, but we gonna we gonna make it by Jadakiss and Styles P. Ooh, nice! I like that track. That's it's pretty much 
all Jada. So yeah. that's that's why I was like not sure whether to include it, but Styles is on it and definitely has some lines. Um but it's it's a it's a Jada dominated track, but I just think it's it's so good and and pretty underrated that I, I definitely wanted to to squeeze it in. So that's that's my number seven track. Nice. I like that entry. I hadn't actually considered it because, yeah, I guess I had it so in my mind that it was just like a Jada song, but glad you got that. And that's really like my favorite bumper music on XM, you know, coming back from break. Oh, yeah. That's excellent. That's just that. the greatest beat. I mean, just love it. Styles P, man. I, I thought that it was a song that would be impossible for someone to listen to and not like, uh, but Nick Whalen actually listened to it and no, said it wasn't for him. Oh, come on. So, um, well, direct your angry uh, tweets at, at Nick Whalen on, yeah. uh, on Twitter. Whalen's, what, like seven years younger than me, but I feel like there's like a 50-year gap <laughs> in our, our hip-hop preferences. <laughs> Different generation. Yeah, he... he uh, Somehow does not like We Gonna Make It by Jada Kiss and Styles P, but is, but is really Drake. hounding me to check out this new Drake album, which I, he asked if two, two months was long enough to give me to, to get back to him on an opinion on the Drake album. I said, no, that's it's not, it's not long <laughs> enough. I need more time. Yeah, that one's <laughs> not going to be in my rotation anytime soon. Well, great stuff, James. We really appreciate the insight. And again, we'll look forward to these Dynasty rankings going live on the site next week. We will talk to you next week again. New intro music next week on the Roadwire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.